Welcome to episode 10 of Be Still and Know, a devotional podcast for New Covenant Lutheran Church. This last week, I had the opportunity to hear a sermon about community and the community that we have chosen to be a part of as children of God. Something important stuck out to me that I wanted to share quickly before we dive in. In recent episodes of this podcast, I've talked about the relationship with Jesus and how it has to be a two-way street. We can't expect him to participate in our lives if we don't participate in the relationship too. Being part of a faith community or a church body also means participation. It means working together and being a participant in the church family. Just like in a regular family, where each person has responsibilities and a role to play, the larger family we are all part of as children of God also has a role for all of us. Something to ponder this week. Are you doing your chores for this family? So let's dive into the devotional. Monday's message this week was simple. We read about the difference between the love that Jesus showed us and has for us compared to human love, which has conditions. When Jesus dies for us, that was his act of complete, authentic love. And as followers of Jesus, we're given that gift. It's a gift that's available for everyone if they choose to accept it. One of my favorite Bible verses about love is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Of course, many people are familiar with this chapter, specifically verse 4, which says, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. But if you look to verses 1 through 3, those are pretty clear in their message of how important love is. Each verse essentially says that if you have X, Y, or Z, but you don't have love, then whatever you have is worthless. At the end of this chapter, in 1 Corinthians verse 13, we read, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love is the greatest gift we were given by Christ. He gave us his unconditional love. But in doing that, he has also shown us how to give that love back to those people closest to us. I love that this message is what started off our week this week. We've seen an example of love in its purest form. And as followers of Christ, we're believers in that type of unconditional love. And we get the chance to share that love with our families, friends, and people close to us. Not only that, but if we are simply living our lives with the knowledge of this pure love from Jesus... It's bound to spill out to those people on the outer perimeters of our lives too. Jesus loved everyone. And it's about time the followers of Jesus worked on showing the world what a life with love looks like. As we got to Tuesday's reading this week, I saw somewhat of a pattern beginning to emerge from the devotional as we once again read about Jesus' love for us. The devotional said, God is love which we can read in the Bible in many chapters and verses. One I looked to and read this week was the first part of Ephesians 2, specifically overlapping verses 4 and 5 of this chapter. We read, Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. This specific piece of scripture 
is talking mostly about how God gave us this chance to live a life surrounded by his love. And he showed us that love through Jesus and his life and death. I don't know about you, but I find it hard to imagine that much love. I mean, I love my husband and my girls more than I ever thought was possible, to the point that I physically ache and I feel like my heart might burst at times. Because of my family, I know what it means to truly love. But even then, to try and understand the way that God loves us is still almost unimaginable. The Bible spells it out for us over and over, and we can read in the testimony from those who knew Jesus just how he showed this pure love during his life. So you think it would be easy for us to learn how to love like he did. In 1 John 4, verses 7 through 21, we can read in very plain text about God's love. The piece of scripture here starts with, Dear friends, Let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. As you know, 1 John was written when John the Apostle was trying to get the church back on track. People had started to say that Jesus wasn't ever here in the flesh. And this first letter from John is literally telling them he was here, he was real, I touched him, and this is how he told us to live. I read 1 John this week as part of my devotional time, and it was wonderfully connected to the point the devotional is trying to make today. God gave us this gift of pure and complete love, willingly, freely, and happily gave it to us. We can see it and feel it in our lives, both from God and in our loved ones. It's time for us to share that with others. With extended family who drive us nuts. With the co-workers who push all of their share of the work onto us. Even with the grumpy clerk at the grocery store. All those we come into contact with, who are perhaps harder to show love to, are the ones who might need to feel the love and warmth of God even more. I am blessed to know and feel true love in my life, both from my family, but also, of course, from God. His hand has been all over in my life, steering it in the right direction to get me to where I am today. And all he asks for in return is for us to live like Christ to do what's right by him and love others. I challenge you to show even just a tiny piece of that love to someone today. It's as simple as holding open a door, smiling at someone, asking the grocery clerk how their day is. I'm not talking about crazy acts of love here, just simple things to make a positive impact on someone's day. When God asks us to give of ourselves, sometimes it's showing love to others and other times it's him asking us to give in other ways. On Wednesday this week, we read about abundance. And while the initial reaction to that is to assume it's financial abundance and wealth that are being referred to, it's not only that. 
Jesus shows us how to live and how to serve with abundance. In the 13th chapter of John's Gospel, at the Last Supper, when Jesus washes his disciples' feet, he says, And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Do as I have done to you. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. We're shown in this piece of scripture a perfect example of giving. There was no financial wealth given here, just care and time and service. While a part of giving is of course financial because the institution of the church, the physical building and those who work in it need that, I do not think that that is the most important piece of giving and serving. In fact, for many people across America, giving money isn't even something they feel. What do I mean by that? Good question. God asks us to give freely of ourselves, to serve him and live a good and honest life that is shaped based on how Jesus lived. We're also shown time and time again in the Bible that it was always the people who gave what they didn't have that were the most favored by God. The single parent we read about in Wednesday's devotional, or the widow who gives her last two coins. We read about her in Mark 12, verse 43, which says, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. I'm not saying that I think being a good servant and following Jesus means giving away everything although he does ask us to do that too. I'm just being pulled to remind us all this week that abundance is not just financial. Giving of ourselves to further the message of Christ is something we should feel. He wants our act of serving to bring us closer to him, not to check a box, pun intended. Anyone with wealth can write a check to the church and feel great about themselves. The same as someone with an abundance of time can volunteer and bake cookies for hospitality. But when we give of ourselves those things that we do not have much of, our money, our time, and so on, God knows. Much like the widow and her two coins, He knows that we're giving much more than the religious teachers who flaunted their wealth. The devotional said, All God requires is our willingness to participate. So we should ask ourselves this, Am I feeling my participation? Does my participation truly have an impact on myself and my relationship with Christ? Sometimes, it's hard to remember that we have been chosen. We get bogged down in our flaws and 
inadequacies and we forget that God made all of us perfectly in his image. We all have the ability to share the word of God because he has our back and he's there to support us. This was the message on Thursday this week. We read from the book of Isaiah chapter 50 verse 4 that said, The sovereign Lord has given me his words of wisdom so that I know how to comfort the weary. Morning by morning he wakens me and opens my understanding to his will. When you read this in context, it's clear that Isaiah is talking about himself and his role in God's kingdom. He was, of course, a prophet and spent his life teaching his followers and doing what God had asked of him. And it doesn't sound like he had a very easy time of it either. I think the message today in the devotional that is that we can take this particular verse from Isaiah and apply it to ourselves. God has given us his words of wisdom through other teachers too. In Colossians 4 verses 5 and 6, Paul tells us, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. This is another example of how the Bible is teaching us to use the wisdom that God has given us to carry out his forever task of sharing his word. The devotional text said, Your impact reaches further than you know. And I think that is such an important reminder. I've shared this before, a few times I think, but it's crucial that we remember who we are in every moment. Sure, we've all had and will have those moments that aren't our finest, but it's our responsibility to learn from those and be the best we can all the time because you never know who will be positively impacted by our words and our actions. Another focus this week was as we read about best laid plans. This one made me laugh because, as those of you who know me know, I am a huge planner. I make lists of lists. I think about every possibility of a situation before it happens and try to plan a backup for each of those scenarios. I am guilty of trying to put all of my confidence in myself in all situations, which isn't good. Because then if the smallest thing is missing or overlooked, I feel guilty and responsible. Even over really small things like forgetting to order Parmesan from the grocery store pickup when you're making a spaghetti dinner. So silly and trivial, but because I put my confidence in myself to remember and do everything, even smaller things feel big. I recognize that the example I just shared is something super trivial and very first world problem, but I'm hoping that it brings across the same point that we read about in the devotional. One of the sentences at the end of the devotional text says, we will never fully walk in freedom until we give up the need to make ourselves free. Wow, I found that incredibly profound. We are already free. Jesus made sure of that. And yet we still try and take on that task ourselves. We're doing some serious overworking. If we look to scripture, of course, there's lots of references we could share here. 
But one that I found to be to be fitting is from John chapter 10, verse 10, that says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. As I read this chapter of John this week, this particular verse stood out to me. The world has made so many of us believe that we have to pave the way for ourselves, which for many worldly things we do. But that's not the end goal. The end goal is an eternal life with Christ. And the way to achieve that is to live a Jesus-shaped life, accepting his grace and the sacrifice that set us free. To walk in freedom, we can't take everything on ourselves. God has our back, and he wants us to remember that. I have been feeling that a lot, and I know I've said that phrase a lot in various episodes of this podcast, even earlier in this episode. But he truly does. He has our back, and the sooner we remember that, the tasks of the world won't seem so big. Things like forgetting the parmesan in the grocery order. As humans, we like to think that we're in total control over everything. But that is so far from the truth. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Isaiah spent his life trying to tell the people that God would provide for them, that they should trust in that truth. Some believed him, but many didn't. I'm hoping that we can be like the people who did believe Isaiah and stop trying to control our own destiny when it's already been written and taken care of for us. All we have to do is trust in it. In addition to wanting to be in control, we've also become very easily distracted. As the years go on, there is more and more in the world to distract us and turn our heads away from God. At some point, a generation of his people has to say, stop, enough is enough. I'd love to think that it's my generation, but as a millennial, an old millennial, but still a millennial, I'm not sure that's in the cards for my generation. While this generation may not be the generation to bring back a more disciplined focus on Christ, I do have a strong feeling that we're not too far away from it. Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 say, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. There is a lot we can unpack in those two verses, and I am not going to dive into a lot of them right now because Pastor Steve is going to do a full series on Hebrews starting in July. But for now, as it relates to the devotional teaching, 
I think that we need to hone in on the running the race that God has set for us and remembering that Jesus endured the cross because he knew what was waiting. In the race we're running now, we have to keep our eye on the finish line. If we keep looking sideways to see what everyone else is doing, it will slow us down and potentially make us lose the racetrack completely. When I read this devotional text, I immediately thought of social media. I know I'm not alone in that I can get sucked into what others are posting and what they're doing, and that is not good. Not to mention that most of it isn't even the full story. Life is not lived on social media. It is lived by breaking bread and sharing our walk with each other, live and in the flesh. Sure, social media has a place. It's a great way to store your own pictures and memories to keep up to date with people who live far away, but it should not have a place of priority in our lives, for that is distraction at its worst. James chapter 4 verse 4 says, Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? And then he goes on in verse 7 to say, Humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. While the general context of this chapter in the book of James is obviously not about the type of distractions in 2021 like social media, I can certainly see a correlation in these lines from scripture. Our final devotional this week was about how intimately God knows us and how even though we understand that, we often find it hard to truly comprehend. The example was about not fully letting down our guard in front of God because of our fear that he might be disappointed, which is silly because he already knows what we're going to do before we even do it. This thought comes back to what we read earlier in the week about control. While we think we have control, our path is already written for us. What we do have, however, is free will. We can make choices in every situation we're facing. We can choose right over wrong, left over right, and presence over distraction. We just have to be stronger than the forces of the world that pull us in every other direction. Of course, we won't always do that perfectly, and sometimes we'll say or do something that we should have said or done differently. God planned for that too. Romans chapter 8 verses 35 and 37 say this, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. No matter what happens in our lives or what mistakes we make along the way, grace is kind of God's thing and he has an unlimited supply for all of us. However, that said, even though he knows we'll mess up from time to time, doesn't mean that we just carry on allowing ourselves to be distracted by the world and slip up all the time. Just as a child wants to go the extra mile for their father, 
especially on days like Father's Day, we should go the extra mile too. Not only for God, but for those people he has placed beside us in our lives. Betterment of ourselves means a better life for those we love the most. I want to encourage you this week to trust that God is with you in all your endeavors, big ones and small ones. Ignore the unnecessary distractions that the world puts in front of you and focus on the bigger picture, on doing what you can to keep in sight the finish line that God has waiting for us. I truly hope that everyone has a wonderful week. Amen.